0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, we are starting Chapter 3 in Chabad uh, Levavot, the gate of trust, Bitachon. We already talked about many things we talked about, difference between Emunah and B'tachon, belief in God and trust in God. So the person's belief in God is theory, I believe in God. Now what? And the answer is... I got to get a relationship with Hashem. We have to have a relationship with Hashem, and it's so hard to build up that trust in God. The person's got to trust in Hashem this way. How does a person know they trust in God? If they don't worry. If they worry, that's a sign they don't trust in God. They're worrying about something. You only have to worry up to the point where you tried your best. That's it. The person's got to try the best, and then no more worries. That's it. Try your best. What can you do? Hashem yazur. Hashem should help so that's a very important concept right? and there's three things we can do to build up our trust in God simple things, small things every single day one of them is to give tzedakah when a person gives tzedakah when you give charity, when you give money away that's a sign a person believes actually. that's a sign I trust in Hashem because where is it going to come back? how am I going to get back? I'm not going to get it back who's going to give it back to me? See the Torah says, "Aser Taser." You will surely give a tithe. Aser Taser said twice, and the rabbis say, "Aser Bishvir Shetit Asher." You can give in order that you will become rich. It's the only thing we are allowed to test God on. It's the only thing a person is allowed to test God on. But when a person gives money away, Hashem says, "I will pay you back. Don't worry, I'll pay you back." And usually it's more than once. He pays back many times over. So Hashem pays it back. Mm. Now also we know that wealth and poverty is a cycle in the world, unfortunately. It's a cycle. Some people go through it many times in their lives. Some people go through it once. Some people go through it twice. Some people never go through it. Why? Because it comes to their children or their grandchildren. So it goes around sometimes in many generations. But when you give, you're really investing in yourself. People don't realize that. When I give, no one can take it away from me. I did the mitzvah. No one can take that mitzvah away from me. It's gone. The IRS can't get it. The uh, robbers can't take it. The, I don't know who's going to come next and take everything away. The Nazis couldn't get it. Whatever the Jews gave away is stuck out. You can't take it away from them. Can't take it away. So it's very, Number one is you want to build up your emunah. When you give, you're building up your emunah. It's very interesting, huh? When you bi- why are you giving? I believe Hashem will pay me back. Hashem is believed to give him back. There's a beautiful book, it's called All for the Boss of Yaakov Herman. And he would keep an accounting of how much money he gave away. <laughs> this is fantastic. It's a great story. And here now he's retired. He has a little store in Mayashari, Sharim in Israel. He opened a little store selling tefillin, sefer torahs. just like Rabbi Shimoni over here. <laughs> and, uh, and one day his grandson walked in he says, Daddy, yeah, Grandpa, what are you doing? So I'm doing my accounts. So what accounts are you doing? I'm doing my tzedakah accounts. So how's it going, Grandpa? He says, Hashem owes me $10,000. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean? I gave extra, tzedakah. Hashem has to pay him back now $10,000. <laughs> so the grandson started getting worried. Hashem has to pay him back $10,000. A few weeks later, he said, Grandpa, what happened? He says, I did a, a, business, a deal. With, I, I sold the sepater and Hashem paid me back. <laughs> <laughs> and he would keep accounts, and that's the beauty of the system. Is if you keep accounts, and it's exact. It shows bitachona that builds up a person bitachona A person sees you give and bracha. A person gets a bracha back. You give and you get. You give, you get. You give, you get. Amazing. Um, I had a friend of mine. It's a true story. We grew up together, and he was careful. Whatever he heard that gave money, whatever he heard that caused bracha, he would do. So two things he was very careful about. One of them was giving stakar like, a ten, ten 10%. So He kept the hand. This is what came in, and this is what I gave out, this is what came in. The second thing is, he learned, when you wash hands for bread, wash with a lot of water. So he would pour tons of water, tons of water. <laughs> <laughs> and he became very wealthy. Baruch Hashem, he's very wealthy. He's driving his Rolls Royce in London, whatever. Okay. <laughs> All right. He was very careful with anything to reach Well. But one of the things is to build up Aramuna. yes. Is there anything that we can think that would interrupt this flow? Like a way of giving yes. or something yes. that would. Yes, unfortunately. And sometimes we don't give properly. So a person has a mean eye. It's called a mean eye. Sometimes, you know, unfortunately, we're mean with ourselves. We don't really realize that a person's called is the, Well, they call it an evil eye, a mean eye, but the Quran talks about something which a person's eye is mean on himself. What does that mean? When he buys something for himself, he's miserly on himself. When he's doing a mitzvah for himself, he's mean on himself. Horrible. If I give, even if I give, I don't really want to give. I don't really want to give, and not only do I don't really want to give, I'm angry with the person for taking it. So, so it's very hard to give properly. It's very hard to give with a, as a giver, to learn to be a giver. But we have to learn, so it's a process. You go through the motion. Sometimes it's interesting. A person has less and they give with a whole heart. Sometimes a person has more and they give with a hard heart. It's so hard. It's hard to give. It's hard to let go. Hard to let go. person can let go. And that's really how a person can measure their bitachon. How does a person measure their bitachon? person gave and he gave wholeheartedly and he says, I'm not worried. Hashem will pay me back. That's a sign. Yes, bitachon. But that's how we build up a bitachon. Small ways, so you don't have to give a lot of money. You can just start putting money in the pushka. Put a dollar in the pushka. Everyone has bitachon in a dollar. I don't know, maybe, hopefully, hopefully. So you know, I can afford a dollar. I put a dollar in the pot. Rambam says it's better to give many small amounts than give one big one. Why? Because every time you give, you're getting used to giving. This is exactly what we're trying to teach our children. Because children, by nature, are takers. All human beings are takers. We have to take to survive. Hashem made us take us. By instinct, if we don't take, we can't survive. If a child doesn't cry, he's not going to get. He's not going to look after. If he doesn't cry for his diaper, he's not going to get a change of diaper. He's not going to cry when he's hungry, he's not going to get hungry. He's not going to get food. So that's number one, is giving staka is an exercise to build. You give money, you give, you give charity, you give chesed. You don't have to give money. You can't, person can't afford money. Volunteer your time. Everyone needs volunteers. Every shul needs volunteers. Every hospital needs volunteers. Every old age home needs volunteers. Fantastic. And a person feels good. You know, it's, it's one of the things proven to keep a person alive after they retire. The more they volunteer, the more they live. It's amazing. Why? Because they feel useful. We talked about this on Sunday. How the feeling of useful and purposefulness gives a person a satisfaction. That's number one. That's number one. is when we give, you're building up your bitachon. A person gives, they're building up their trust in God. Because a person that has no trust in God is not going to give anyone. I don't trust in God. Who's going to look after me? Me first. If I'm not for myself, who is for me? That's what Hillel says. But he left out the next part. <laughs> if I'm only for myself, what am I? So it's very important to have both. But a person who has no trust in God will not be generous. I need it for myself, I need it for myself, I need it for myself, I need it for myself. I need it for myself person will never have children person will never get married why? that? it's called the leap of faith it's, it's a turn of the leap of faith what was the classic leap of faith? jumping into the Yamsuf, the Red Sea they jumped into the sea and the sea split can you imagine if you wouldn't jump in nothing would happen Hashem wants to see that jump and then it splits it's amazing how it works person says how can I get married? you know when I got married I have $400 in my pocket I'm crazy either crazy or you have faith, that's it trust in God, that's it but you know what, I was richer, as soon as I got married why, I got all the wedding presents <laughs> get smart, you gotta get smart if you don't do anything, nothing happens <laughs> so my father will pay for the party and I got the wedding presents, it's a great deal it's a great deal, boy, it's a great deal Baruch Hashem, it's a good deal and I haven't looked back since, Baruch Hashem it's a miracle, it's a miracle. honestly, I don't know how to send the kids to yeshiva, I have no idea how, no idea how all in God's hands everything Hashem did everything for me I didn't do anything honestly I'll tell you how I did I don't know I used to tell my children I could buy a very expensive motor car a Jaguar every year they were in Yeshiva I could have bought uh, see every, every year mm-hmm. <laughs> I could have bought a you know British sticker a Jaguar. forget about Jaguars you could buy a Cadillac every year imagine on Yeshiva tuition just Yeshiva tuition every year every year it's, it's hard to imagine how you did it how do I and afterwards the person thinks about it and says how did I do it I don't know I don't have an answer mm-hmm. This is divine. Hashem did it. I didn't do anything, honestly. It's amazing. It's, uh, Hashem sends blessings. And your person has to have a munah and bitachon. We have to build it up. So one of the ways we build it up is by giving. You give, you get. It's amazing. You give, you get. My rabbi in England used to say, when you give siddakha, you're clearing up the pipes. There's pipes of energy coming to you, mm. but they get clogged. <laughs> so who do you do? You don't call raruda. You call it spiritual pipes. You give staka and it clears the pipes. When you give help other people, it clears. Hashem says, you're helping other people, I'll help you. Look at Abraham Avinu, think about it. Our forefathers were all multi-millionaires, but they start off with nothing. <laughs> Rashi says, Hashem says, I'll give you bracha." <laughs> Rashi says, there's three things the, the leaving your town does three things to you number one one of the things it does it makes a person lose their wealth because they have no contacts all his business contacts he's leaving behind he's going to start in a, n- a new place a business start again from scratch Hashem says hey, bracha. Hey, bracha. there will be a blessing and it's God's blessing he became a multi-millionaire they're all running after him this week's parashat take my land you want a burial place no problem you want this place you want that place whatever you want We'll give you whatever you want. You're like a, a king amongst us. You're a prince, they tell him. He's a prince. Abraham the is a prince. He's walking around with millions and millions of dollars. Everyone's, wow, this guy's amazing. Oh, multi-millionaires. All our forefathers were very wealthy, even though sometimes they lost it. Yaakov, you know, ended up with nothing. But he made it all back. Hashem blessed him. If there's blessing, we have to pray to Hashem for blessing. That's number two. You want to increase your bitachon, number one is give. Number two is pray. And it's hard to pray. A person has to have trust in God that God listens to a person's prayers, and that's very. The key is Hashem listens to our tefillah, and sometimes we don't get answers. Sometimes we don't get answers. Sometimes we don't. You pray and you pray and you pray. Nothing. Nothing help. And I saw a beautiful movie. There's a movie made of a school, and in the school, they, the guy went around asking kids questions. So one of the questions he asked them was, "Does tefillah help? Pray help?" So he asked the 8th eighth, eighth grade, and the kid was a beautiful kid, this kid. Of course it helps, of course, no question, of course it helps. Then he asked the younger kid, 7-year-old seven, seven, seven girl, She says, does Tefillah help? She says, yes. He says, have you seen cases where Tefillah help? She says, well, my grandma was in the hospital and it didn't really help, but I'll still pray. <laughs> and that is the key. The key is the trust in God is, doesn't break, mm. Right? Our parent is our parent and our parent. If a parent will give, wants to give, the parent will give. If a parent doesn't want to give, the parent won't give. But the, he's still my parent, my father, my mother. I'm not gonna. It doesn't break the trust when they don't give me once. So the trust is there. So that's number two is, we practice trust in God by giving away things. We practice trust in God by praying. It's very important. Pray, pray, pray. These are small things we can do every day. Number three is what we're doing right now. Setting aside time to learn Torah. Because people say, I don't have time. Rabbi, I have no time. No time. Because they're working non-stop. You see people, they're not here. Where are they? They're having lunch. They're having dinner. Not lunch. They're probably having dinner. Or they're relaxing. Or they're learning somewhere else. Probably give them the benefit of the doubt. They're learning somewhere else. But uh, most people, that's, that's number three. Number three is, is, mainly for men as well, women as well, is even though you work hard, Leave time to pray, and you'll find you'll have more time. Hashem will bless you if you make time to pray, especially kavata etib Torah. you fix times to pray, you fix times to learn. A person fixes times to learn, their blessing is tremendous. They get tremendous blessings. Just fixing times to learn. Life becomes more meaningful. Life has more purpose. Life becomes more enjoyable. So it's very, very important. Those are three small things we can do to increase our bidachot. Number one is give. Staka, a person gives staka. Why am I giving? How am I? Who's going to pay me back? Bitachon. So that builds up a person's trust in God. Hashem says, "You give, I help you. You give, I bless you. You give." Number two is when you pray. You increase your bitachon. How? Why am I praying? Obviously, I, have, I trust that God has the power to give. God has tremendous power. You know, I just read a beautiful story today. This is from. There's a rabbi, David Usher. Have you heard of him? Excellent. Daily chizuk. He has a website, he sends our emails and he has a phone number and he was actually now sure a few times. He wrote a book. What's the book called? Living, Living Emuna. Yeah. It's actually two volumes now. So he gave us the <laughs> second second volume. Very beautiful. Every day to read a little bit of the so I heard a, uh, beautiful I saw a beautiful story today. Can't remember what story about it. okay. stories like this. story yeah. is this girl was getting old already. She's already in her thirties and she didn't get a shit. And she's, her parents are going crazy. Like, in the relig- religious community in the 30s, a girl is very hard to get married. And she wasn't willing to compromise. And that's the trouble today. You know, one of the troubles today, people are not willing to compromise. Okay. What can I do? It's not my fault. I try my best. What can I do? Uh, you have to talk about it. You have to be willing to compromise. If you get 70% of what you're asking for, take it. No, she wasn't willing to compromise. So then she reads the Torah story of a meat in the desert. The people of Israel are complaining, Moshe Rabbeinu, we want meat. Moshe Rabbeinu goes to Hashem. Hashem, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? The people are driving me crazy. They want meat. Hashem says, what's the problem? Hashem, but there's millions of people. Hayat Hashem Tiksar is the hand of God small. Is the hand of God short, Hashem says to Moshe. Isn't it possible for God? So this girl put this pasuk on her refrigerator. And every day she would look at that and say, Hashem, your hands are not short. Please, I want everything. I want everything. I want. Give me. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened. It worked for her. it Worked. She so had complete faith that God can provide. If you have complete faith that God can provide, you don't have to take any shortcuts. If you have complete faith in God, God will give you whatever you want. David HaMelech <inaudible> says in Tehillim, "Harchepi Ve amalehu. Open your mouth wide, and I will give you. Ask for whatever you want." There's a beautiful story. The brings down. Of, I think it's Rabbi Yezer. and uh, he wanted Hashem to give him a specific reward, tremendous reward. And Hashem says, what do you mean, "Why are you asking for so much? Everyone else is happy with so much. Why do you want so much?" Hashem, I believe that your hands is not small. So Hashem said, "In that case, I'll give you. <laughs> I'll give you whatever you want." <laughs> so we create. We create. We really believe in Hashem's power. Listen, we lived through the six-day war. I lived through the six-day war. If you believe in God's power, anything's possible. If you really believe in God's power, anything's possible. It's amazing think about what happened in six days. Mm. It's a miracle. They haven't been able, since then, they haven't been able to replicate that. Even in Gaza, it takes 30 days. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense. In six days, they won. They beat all these armies and air forces and navies. And then in 30 days, they can't beat Gaza, little puny little Gaza. It's very hard to understand. So you see, where God gives a blessing, it's an amazing blessing. Hashem's power is amazing so a person has to really believe that and we have to try and we have to so everything we do we do it every day we're doing it anyway so might as well do it properly and think when I give up, I'm increasing my bitachon Hashem when I'm praying to Hashem I'm increasing my bitachon Hashem I believe Hashem will answer me I believe Hashem's hand is not short I believe Hashem has the power to give whatever I want when I make more time for learning Torah I'll say it's not taking away my business it's not stopping me from earning a living it's going to bless my trade it's going to bless my hands it's very, very powerful. So it's small little things we can do on a daily basis to increase our bitachon. And also thinking about Hashem all the time. Thinking about Hashem. We say when we take out the Torah, Atarit aladar ki Hashem walekim vashvayim ma'alaz bitachinot and od milvado There's no one else. Nothing else in the world has power over us. Only God. But has to keep on thinking. Nothing else has power over us except God. Hashem is the only one. So a person has to trust. So now He gives us different criteria necessary for trust in God. What are the criteria? Number one, you must believe that Hashem has more compassion for you than anyone else in the world. Hashem has more compassion for you, for me, for you, for everyone, each one individually. A person has to believe individually. Hashem has more compassion for me than anyone else in the world has compassion for me. Right? More than my parents, more than my spouse, more than... I won't say it, my children, for sure. <laughs> Hashem is much more compassionate. Hashem is the compassionate one. We call Hashem harachaman. All the whole uh, Birka Mazon, harachaman, harachaman, harachaman. The merciful one, the merciful one, the merciful one. The compassionate one. El-Rachum He is rachum, He is merciful. Hashem will be compassionate on us. so so it's amazing we have to really believe that, that Hashem has more compassion on us than anyone else Hashem loves us we really have to believe Hashem loves us and the more you believe it the more it happens we have to believe it our belief we said it, our belief is so powerful why? Rambam says if you believe in Olam you have a Abba you don't believe in Olam there won't be any Olam it's wild we create with our own belief the power of the mind is so powerful a person says I believe Hashem says you believe? You just created it. You believe in me? I'm with you. You know I exist? I'm here with you. I'm right here with you. You believe I can help you? I'll help you. You believe in in, uh, destiny? Destiny will run your life. You believe in fate? Fate will run your life. You believe in the stars? The stars will run your life. You believe in me? I'll run your life. So it's very, very important to know. Number one is Hashem is compassionate. And Hashem will bless us and have compassion on us. Number two. We must believe, and this is very, very important, Hashem is aware of all our needs. Hashem knows what is good for me. That's the trouble. I think I know better than God what is good for me. Hashem, you know, I think it's good for me if I'm a multi-billionaire, and I have houses everywhere, cars everywhere, and lots of this, and lots of that, lots of that. Hashem says, that's not good for you. It's going to distract your attention. You're going to get distracted. You're going to be so busy. You won't have time to learn Torah. So what are we going to do? So the answer is... Hashem knows what's best. A person has to have bitachon. Hashem knows what's best. And that's where Gamzuletoba comes from. Gamzuletoba means, I believe that Hashem knows what's good for me. If Hashem did this, it must be good for me. Somehow. I don't know how. But eventually you'll see it'll be good for you. Eventually you'll see. I'm, I'm looking at my life as well. Sometimes things happen. I'll tell you, I moved to Israel. the First time I moved to Israel. Hopefully next time I'm going to be more successful. Um, that's why I'm not in a rush, because I want to be successful next time. I don't want to go and come back. So first I moved to Israel. Um, I was a banker. I was working in a bank. And I had a job lined up in Israel. And the day I landed, all the bank shares collapsed. Mm-hmm. The day I landed in Israel. <laughs> and I called up, where's my job? He says, no one, we're not hiring, we're firing. <laughs> What going to do? The day I landed, come look at the look at the mazal over here. Look at Hashem's hand. You see clearly. The day I landed, whatever I wanted to do, phew, I said, "Okay, I'll go back to yeshiva in the meantime." I haven't haven't left yeshiva yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, in, I'm still in. So Hashem says, "You plans? I got other plans for you." And you just got to go with the flow. That's the trouble. You have to go with the flow. If you fight, Hashem, you can't fight. You can't win. You can't fight. No point in fighting. Mm-hmm. person's got to go with the flow. Sometimes Hashem has a plan for a person. And you've got to look at your events in your life and say, What, is, what does Hashem want for me? you got to say, What is Hashem's plan? Sometimes things flow in a certain pattern, other things don't flow. You can't fight it. You can't do anything. It's all in God's hands. It's amazing. Sometimes some people at work, the boss says, I've got plans for that guy. He's up and coming. I'll, I'll, I'll raise him. the other guy, he's on the way down. That's all. Who put the mind? Who put the thoughts in the person's mind? It's all God. Sometimes the two guys are the same level, and Hashem puts grace in the eyes like Esther. According to some opinion, she was very ugly. She was green. The Gemara says, she was green. There's two opinions in the Gemara. One opinion says, she was one of the most beautiful women ever. The other opinion says, no, she was green. She was disgusting, pale. But Hashem put chen in his eyes. He loved her. Hashem twisted his mind around. (laughs) She's beautiful. (laughs) so it's amazing Hashem can change people's perspective of people it's amazing Hashem can put grace Psh, amazing so that's an uh, amazing concept Hashem can twist people around so Hashem knows your needs That's a, we have to believe we have to trust in God Hashem knows what I need Hashem wants to do what's good for me no one knows what's good and bad for something I'll tell you what happened to me on Friday night it's a true story I just have a Friday night I was walking out here. I took out my glasses. Put out my glasses. My glasses break. My hands, right? The, wow. Yeah, here's with me. The, the I can't see what's happening. I'm outside in the dark, so I put it under the grass somewhere because it's here now. It's broken. i are gonna do it. I put it under the grass. I thought it broke completely gone. I gotta order grass. It's like three hundred bucks. Okay, glasses, whatever, prescription glasses. So today I retrieved my glasses. I say, hey, it's not broken at all. The screw fell out. <laughs> so I said, hey, now where am I going to get a screw? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I said, where do you think the screw is? It must be in my pocket. Because I took it out of my pocket and it was loose already, so there must be the screws in my pocket. So I put my hand in my pocket, said, yeah, the screw's in the pocket. So I put it back together, thank God. It's a miracle, <laughs> I don't know what happened, it's a miracle. <laughs> it's a test. <laughs> it's a test, it was a test, it was a real test. The hard part was to say, gamzulatava, when you thought it was broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was hot, that was hot right, it was very hot so you get to the point where you say what are you going to do, we're going to fight, we're going to fight it's broken, it's broken, we're to buy a new one, what's mm-hmm. the problem what's... so these are things a person's going to believe that Hashem knows what's good, what's bad, so if it's broken, broke what can you do no one knows what is good or bad for something <clears throat> better than the one who made it so we think we know what's good for what we make how much more so Hashem knows what's good for what he made he made us He knows what's good for us. So it's a beautiful idea, this concept. Hashem created us. He knows what's good for us. He wants what's good for us. He wants us to do things which are right. He wants to guide us. But sometimes we have to let Him guide us. Sometimes we fight it. That's the trouble. We fight God's plan for us. So He knows, He understands what's good for us. And uh, as the prophet Yeshayah says, he quotes, I am Hashem, your God, who instructs you for your benefit, who guides you in the way you should follow, Hashem says. For Hashem admonishes the one he loves. Mishlei, Shalom says. You know, sometimes a person doesn't, doesn't feel any admonishment from a God. He doesn't get any whacks, no knocks, no this, no that. He's wandering around. Hashem just leaves him alone. Is that good? Very bad. Why? There's no guidance. The guide is not about guidance. Hashem says, you don't want guidance? I don't give you guidance. Other people, Hashem says, I'll guide you a little bit. Give you a little knock, knock here, knock here, and just push you back to the right path. So you get right back to the path, and then I'll leave you alone. So it's very, very important. Hashem admonishes us. It's Musar. Hashem, Hashem gives us Musar, but we have to be able to see the Musar. What is Hashem trying to do to us? Sometimes things don't go well. person going to take Musar. What am I doing wrong? What can I change in my deeds? How can I improve? And there's always some, some room for improvement. Hashem is, i tell you, Hashem is amazing. Hashem is amazing. Hashem knows. We, sometimes we think Hashem not aware of what we're doing. <coughs> Hashem is very aware of what we're doing. And sometimes He just gives us a little reminder, bang. <laughs> I'm very aware of what you're up to. Get back on the right, <laughs> right path. Oh, so it's amazing. It's, uh, Hashem is amazing. So let's just recap. Number one, we said a person must believe that Hashem has more compassion on us than anyone else in the world has compassion on us. Number two, we must believe Hashem knows what's good for us. Hashem is the one who knows what's good for us. And Hashem has compassion and He knows what's good for us and He'll make things good for us. And even though we think it's bad, there's a plan over there. Gam zula tova. Hashem will make it good. That's number two. Number three, we must believe that Hashem is the most powerful being there is. There's nothing else. Whatever He wants to do, He can do. Hashem's hand is not short. Hashem's hand is powerful. He can do whatever he wants. He has the power to do anything he wants. And that's what we learnt in the Gemara, right? He's on the verge of dying. He's very, very sick. And the prophet Isaiah comes to him and says, you're going to die. Why am I going to die? Because you never got married. You never had children. He said, but I saw my children going to be evil. Well, too bad. You're going to die because you didn't follow God's command. (laughs) He said, hey, one second, slow down. I have a tradition from my forefathers even if the sword is at your throat, turn to the wall and pray, and you can change a decree. Yishayahu says you're dead, you're dying. Go away. There's no. Imagine Yishayahu is on the way out in the palace gates. He gets a message from God. Go back and tell him he's going to live another 15 years. Just like that, just like that, instantaneously, boom. He turned to the wall and prayed. Hashem said 15 more years for him. Imagine how we can change our destinies. So one had a Buddha, the other other had less. No. Yeshayahu had a prophecy. He had a clear prophecy. He had a Buddha and his prophecy. (laughs) He didn't realize that prayers can break a decree. Mm. The prayer Mm. that it's possible to change God's decree, even though you saw clearly the decree. A person can change a bad decree, you can't change a good decree. If there's a good decree in a person, it comes true. But a bad decree can always change. A person can change the decree. Three things can change a decree. Kol, Tzom, Mamon. Prayer, Teshuvah, and... Sadaqah. You can change the decree. Mm -hmm. Unless it's a decree accompanied with an oath. If a decree has an oath attached, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't change the decree not to go into Israel. He had an oath. Hashem already took an oath. He's not going to change the decree. So number three, we believe that Hashem is the most powerful being in the world. He can do whatever He wants. He's immutable. He's he's all-powerful. He's above time. He's above nature. He's above everything. He can do whatever He wants. Hashem. The person who could pray with that belief, Hashem could do whatever he wants. Look at Abraham and Sarah. Abraham could not have children. Sarah could not have children. Not only could Sarah not have children, she was worse off than Abraham. Why? Abraham was, was sterile. But he, could, he had the vessels to be able to have children. She never had a womb. The rabbi said she never had a uterus. How can it be? She never had a uterus. She's called an ilonit. Ilonit. She could never have a children. Hashem created her one. It was a bigger miracle than any else. Yeah. Sarah, it says, when the angels came, and the angels said she's gonna have a child, she started laughing. So "Why are you laughing?" So the question is, why? Well, she's ninety years old. You mean she's not enough? Yeah, but don't understand. That same day, she got her period back. That was the day she got a period back. She should be. La- she shouldn't be laughing. She really shouldn't believe it. She got a period. She said, "Wow, I just got my period back. I'm going back to being a kid already." It's a miracle. Sarah was a miracle. We have to understand the, the brilliance of the whole system that Sarah was a miracle. Sarah was a miracle. She was the biggest miracle, more than anyone else, more than Rivka and more than Leah, uh, more than Rachel. She was a miracle. Sarah. So Hashem can do whatever he wants. If he wants to, he can do whatever he wants. It's amazing. He finds stories where the doctors say this kid is, is diseased in the, in the womb. And they go into the rabbi and the rabbi says, leave her. The kid's fine. What happened? and then they take another x-ray or oh, the, the guy has cancer and he's dying of cancer and they go to the rabbi and he says he's fine and I just got to find the right rabbi that's all <laughs> I, can do that. I can't do that <laughs> he's great and then they go take another x-ray and nothing's there amazing it's a miracle, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. miracles happen if you believe in miracles it's not a miracle anymore it's possible if you believe it's possible it's possible anything's possible number four you must believe Hashem has hashgacha. Hashgachah pratid, which is divine providence on every single individual. Mm-hmm. God knows everything about every single one. There's a, there's a rabbi, Alon Anava, right? Alon Anava. He has his website. He's a guy who came back from the... He yeah, had his... Uh, what's it called? Yeah. Near-death experience. Near-death experience. Near-death experience, and then he says, he gets fixed up with a shirukh, right? He goes out with this girl, and his girl, they, they talk, and they talk, they keep talking for hours, and they keep talking, so... So, when he started telling her his experience, she started saying, Now I understand. I always had a problem. It's blocking me from becoming Shiva. Blocking me Shiva is how can God know what's going on in everyone's mind at the same time? He's telling her from experience. He saw, he, when he was a soul coming out of the body, he could have vision of what's going on in the whole apartment building, what each one is doing. Every single person, he had all their thoughts, he can know their thoughts. He said, Now I can understand Hashem knows everyone's thoughts. Same time, everyone's. Hashem is. Amazing, Hashem knows everyone's thoughts at the same time. Amazing. And that's number four. We believe Hashem knows everything. He focuses on everything. It's amazing, Hashem can focus on f- trillions of things at the same time. Trillions and trillions of things at the same time. Nothing is hidden from Hashem. Nothing. Imagine, we see this in the Navi, right? Elisha, Elisha his uh, student, Gehazi. Right? Elisha. He's a famous prophet. And one day the general of the king of Syria is sick. He has leprosy. Naama. Naama is sick. And there's a Jewish girl, prisoner in his palace. She's made maid. And she says, why did not you go to the prophet? You're sick. No one can heal you. Go to the prophet. There's a prophet in Israel called Elisha. He can heal you. So Naama goes. He takes a lot of presents, wagons of presents, wagons of wagons of presents. He goes all the way to Elisha. And Isha says, Go and dip in the river Jordan seven times. And the, the, the general says, We got better rivers in Syria. We got the Euphrates, Tigris, the Euphrates. Here's a little, puny little river, the Jordan. Have you ever seen the Jordan today? It's pathetic. There's hardly anything there. It's really. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the summertime. Okay. He said, Why not go to the Jordan? Why it's a chutzpah? I'm I'm gonna go back home. This guy's a waste of time. They said, listen, you're here anyway. What if it's a mate? Just go and jump. Just seven times to the river and try it out. He goes seven times to the river, magic. His leprosy is healed completely. He goes back to Elisha. He says, Elisha, thank you so much. I've got so many presents for you. I've got all the gold and silver and garments, whatever you want. Elisha says, Wasn't me, it was God. I don't take anything. Take it away. Take it away. So his servant, Gehazi, the prophet's servant, is very greedy. He runs after, he says, my master changed his mind. And he takes all the gold and the silver and the thing, puts it in his, in his garage and comes back as if nothing happened. Shah says, Gehazi, where have you been? So oh, I had some business to take care of. He says, Gehazi, I know where you've been, Gehazi, and whatever he had, you'll have. Oh. Terrible. So, not only did Gehazi have it, all his children had it as well. Terrible. And uh, so, in other words, if you can't fool the prophet, how can you fool God? Hashem, the prophet knows what's going on. Obviously, God knows what's going on. God knows more than everyone else. So, we cannot hide from God. We know Hashem knows what's in our minds. I know Hashem knows what's in our heart. Hashem knows what we're feeling. And that's why some people Hashem loves more than others, why he knows they have good hearts. And that's the five students from Yochai and in the Berkei Award. What is the best trait a person should cultivate? Good. And a good heart wins out. A good heart is the main thing. if a good heart? It means the seat of a person's emotions are good. All one's thoughts are good all the time. Wow, we try to get good thoughts all the time. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's a good person. They see someone, they want to bless that person. They want to give that person. They want to help that person. They get a person like that. That's something we have to work on. That's a very big. That's a work of self-perfection, uh, because they keep one working on themselves till everything they think is good. Think about people as good. Think good thoughts about others. Think good thoughts about people around you. Think how am I going to help this one? How am I going to help this one? Not what can I take. You see someone. What can I take from that person? How can I get from this person? No, oh, I want to give. I want to help people. That's very hard to get to a level. But that's what Hashem wants to do. Hashem oversees our conducts. Hashem wants to give. He has compassion. So let's just recap. It's very important to recap over and over again. Number one is, Hashem has more compassion for me and you than anyone else in the world. Number two, Hashem is aware of all our needs, but He knows what's good for us. He'll only do things which are good for us. That's why Gamzulotovam. Number three, Hashem is the most powerful. He can do whatever He wants. His hands are not small. He doesn't have hands. And he, his hands are not small. He can do whatever He wants. He has tremendous power. Number four. He knows what's going on. Hashgachah pratit. He is in control of every single facet of everything. Number five. No one can hurt you unless God agrees. That's number five. No one can do anything to you unless Hashem gives permission. It's a very high level to be on that level, by the way. If you believe that, no one can hurt you unless Hashem gives permission, it happens. No one can hurt you unless Hashem gives permission person doesn't believe Then anything can hurt him anyone can hurt him so a person has to have that trust in God that nothing can hurt the person without God's decree God has to say yes if God doesn't say yes nothing can hurt the person a person can have that emunah bitachon. so a person can believe no one can help or hurt either one, oneself or anyone else without Hashem's consent If you realize nothing in the world can help or hurt you without Hashem's consent, you'll not be afraid of anyone. That's so hard. To get to that level. Not afraid of anyone. Why? Everything's God's hands. I believe God is the master of the world. God is in control. Everyone else is robots in God's hands. That's an amazing concept. That's a very high level. And that's what David Amirah says in Tehilim, Psalm 147, Do not trust in the divim. Who are the divim? Generous people, or princes, is usually translated as princes. The person himself who you're trusting in can't save himself. Can't even save himself. How are you going to... You're going to trust someone who can't even save himself. So you go to someone and say, oh, can you, By the way, can you help me? He says, I can't even help myself. How are you going to trust in the person who can't even help himself? So the person's going to realize no one can help them except for God. God is the one, and God gives His seal. Who are you going to help this one? Who's going to help this one? Yes. Who's going to hurt this one? Not going to help this one. Number six. A person should be aware of God's kindness to us. And that's very critical. An attitude of gratitude. Attitude of gratitude. The person has to be grateful every single day for all God's kindness. Because the trouble is we're so used to it. Until something goes wrong, we don't appreciate what we have. Until a person gets sick, they don't appreciate good health. Wow, good health is so so important. A person has to really appreciate. I'm so lucky if I have good health. I'm so lucky, if you get blessed. You just won the lottery. A person can see. You won the lottery. You can hear. You can. You won the lottery. You can walk. You have won the lottery. So a lottery, you won it. You just won the lottery. A person going to appreciate it. So we have morning blessings where we appreciate everything we get. A person can see. A person can walk. But it's amazing we have these blessings every day. Trouble is we're in a rush. i am talk about myself in a rush to get to the minyan, and then you, blah, 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 and it comes out. No time to think about it. So it's very important to think about these things. So this is a good opportunity now. We'll talk about it. Grateful to Hashem for everything we get. person got to be grateful and appreciate the abundant kindness, you know, the fact that there's no earthquake today. Yeah, you may not appreciate it, but if you live in California, every day you've got to appreciate it, mm-hmm. But it sometimes happens here. I mean, I've felt, we felt the, the ground shake over here. Yeah. It happens, it can happen anywhere. There's no hurricane. Even though the wind was blowing today, and thank God, no, you know, it wasn't a big snowstorm. Thank God, a million times, he mm. just won the lottery. He won the lottery. Person got not going to think. Person drove and they was safe. Baruch Hashem, it's a miracle. It's like, so he's going to go through a list. Number one, number one, mm. Hashem created us. Wow, he didn't have to create anything. Mm. Hashem does not have to create. Didn't need to create doesn't want to create, he decides to create why does he want to create? because he is gratuitous, he wants to give, Hashem is a giver, he wants to give, Hashem is pure goodness, he created I didn't deserve to be created, but he created me anyway, did not need to create me, but he created me anyway, he did out of generosity, goodness and kindness amazing, Hashem so we have to appreciate what Hashem gives, that's very very critical for Bittachon that a person appreciates what they get we have to appreciate what we have. And a person's happily married, you won the lottery. Really, you have good children, you won the lottery. You have grandchildren, you won. You a multi-billionaire. Boy, this is it's a blessing of a blessing on a blessing. Why? Wow, it's a bracha. It's a bracha. Person's still Jewish, you won the lottery because you're the lucky one. You're one of the two, three million Jews who are religious. It's a miracle. It's so, A person to appreciate what we have. You can do mitzvot. Wow, that's you just won your next world person doing mitzvah in this world, you're just winning the next world, we have opportunities to win our next world, that's a, we won the lottery person's going to think how many times we won the lottery so person you know, but I'm not wealthy, but you're wealthy you just get wealth in different areas that's all, person has wealth in this area but they're not wealth in the other area so it's very tragic, I see people that they don't appreciate what they have so they say, well, what has God done for me recently well look can you look, can you see I can see he just won the lottery. <laughs> you can talk, he won the lottery. You can hear, he won the lottery. That's Rabbi Riyati. Ashir. Is it Ashir? What's an Ashir? You can have eyes, you have uh, teeth. Oh, that's a fortune. Teeth, can you imagine. Mm-hmm. You have hands, you have legs. That's Ashir, that's a rich man. We have to win the lottery, we have to realize we, we don't appreciate. So a person comes home from work and he's got depressed and his wife says, What's going on? Money, money. But one second, you can see, you can hear, you can talk, you can think. You won the lottery. I won the lottery. Yeah, you won the lottery today. <laughs> Shh. We don't appreciate. We have to appreciate. That's, mm-hmm. that's really, that builds up our person's trust. Why? Because I see how much Hashem helped them already. <clears throat> Listen, every day we survive in this world, we have to thank God for. That's why some people say it's good to celebrate birthdays as a sign of gratitude thank God I got another year of life Baruch Hashem you know the Benish Chai says when you're 60 you have to make a big party when you're 70 you also make a big party when you're 80 for sure you make a big party and say Shekhi you buy something new and say Shekhi Baruch Hashem it's good to do that every birthday the person makes a bracha and says Shekhi Anu vikimana vigyan thank you we can keep me alive the person going to appreciate Hashem says you appreciate it I'll give you more it's very important to appreciate the person appreciates they get more they get more blessing it's very, very important to appreciate and praise God. And one of the biggest praises of God is Psalm 150, the last Psalm in the book. If you want to do something worthwhile, just say the last Psalm. Wow, it's beautiful because every word is a praise of God. Hallelujah! Handles Messiah I'm for you know he took it out from us. Yeah, that's a, that's it. Hallelujah. all the Praise be God in one word. Praise be God. Praise be God. Praise be God. All the, all the Hallelu's we say just before Vaibaratavi, these are one of the most powerful psalms. Psalm 150 is one of the most powerful psalms. You want to praise God, send, spend one minute a day praising God. Say that psalm. It's such a beautiful psalm, it's really gorgeous. It's so, okay, now we can number, number seven. So I, I want to go through these, these are very, very important. It's good to go through a few times so we get it clear. Number seven. You have to understand. Everything in this world, whether it's essential or not, has a definite limit. Nothing can be added to it or oh, subtracted. This is very important. This is, this is uh, Einstein, conservation of matter. Mm. Nothing can be added to what God created. Nothing can be subtracted. Today we know you can transform matter into energy, or you can transform energy. Where you still haven't been able to transform energy into matter, but. Nothing can be taken away from the equation. You can't, you can't destroy something completely. It doesn't get lost. The energy is still here. You burn something, it just gets transformed into something else. But it's still here. The, the, the result is still here. There's, there's a, it's amazing constant. So that's what he's saying. This is something a thousand years ago he's saying. this. God created, has, cannot be subtracted from, and cannot be added to. Whatever God created is here. No one can enlarge what God made, or make it small. No one can delay an event God wants to hasten. No hasten event God wants to delay. You cannot fight God. If God wants something to happen, it will happen. If God wants something to delay, something that wouldn't happen now, it would happen later. Look, look at David the David the wants to build the Beit HaMikdash so badly. He loved. he wants to build God's house. He wants to build God's house He is yearning to build God's house I want to build God's house I want to build God's house can you imagine how much God appreciate that I want to build your house Hashem I want to build your house I want to build your house I want to build your house and Hashem says you're not going to build my house so what <laughs> but first what happened is he goes to the prophet Nathan he says Nathan I want to build God's house so Nathan says sure go ahead I don't see a problem you're the king you want the laws you go build God's house no problem David Amenech gets started straight away, makes his plans. Natan Hamanavī goes back home, and he gets a message from God. Go back quickly now. Go right now. But It's the middle of the night. Wait till the morning. Can't wait. This guy does not. He, he started working already. Go back right now and tell David he's not going to build a house. It's going to be his son. said, so David "Yeah, you can't fight God. Prayed and he cried. You can't fight God. You can't fight God. So that's the thing about Mashiach as well, same thing. You can pray all you want. Hashem, come now. We can't decree on God. You can't make decrees on God. There's no decrees on God. You can't say, I want it now. You have to do it now. You can't decree on Hashem. Can't. can't make decrees. Hashem will send it when He wants, when we're ripe, when things are ripe. So it's very important. We have to understand this in our lives. We have to accept certain things. Unfortunately, we have to accept. There's nothing else we can do. You can't fight God. Certain things happen. because person are going to say a bracha. You can accept it. You've got to accept, and you move on, and you know what? When a Jew comes back from the cemetery, the first thing they do is eat. <laughs> it's weird. First thing you do is eat, and there's a mitzvah to give the person the morning of the food. Sudat Havra, you give him the food. He has to eat. Why does he have to eat? Because he has to affirm, I accept God's decree. I'm going to move on with life. Life just moves on. That's what God wants. Abraham Avinu, right? He buries his wife this week's parasha, and then what does he do next? Look for a wife for his son. I want to make sure that the next generation is taken care of. Mm. One generation goes, one generation comes. So we have to make sure that the next generation is taken care of. That's, right. that's, our, that's our mission. Our mission is to make sure that there's a continuity of Judaism. Who's going to continue our values? Who's going to continue our parents' values? Who's going to continue our grandparents' values? We have to make sure there's continuity. How do we make sure there's continuity? So if I can't have children myself and educate them, I'll educate other people's children. Or I'll do myself at least. I'll have the continuity at least. I'll propagate the continuity. It's very important to keep this process going. Otherwise, Judaism would have just died out. Imagine. People would just get, look, we've been through so much in Jewish history. It's amazing we're still around. It's amazing we still get going. Why do we keep going? The answer is we have trust in God. We're, we're living through trust in God. Jews survived through trust in God. That's the only how. That's the only reason how they survived. There's no other way we survived. If we didn't trust in God, we'd have died a long time ago. We trust in God. very, very important to trust in God. So I just want to recap these things and we we'll Number one, you must believe. Number one, Hashem has more compassion for you. In other words, Hashem loves us. Everyone has to go out of here thinking, Hashem loves me. Hashem loves me. Hashem loves me. Hashem loves me. Hashem loves me so much. Hashem loves me more than I love myself. Hashem loves me more than I love my children. Hashem loves me more than I can understand what love is. Hashem loves me so much. It's very hard to comprehend how much Hashem loves us. And it's very hard to really believe that Hashem loves us. But it's very critical for Bita'chon purposes to understand Hashem loves us. Hashem loves us. That's why Hashem wants to give us. Number two, Hashem knows what's good for you. So Hashem will give what you need. Hashem will only give me what I need. Hashem won't give me what I don't need. Hashem will give me what I need. The person has to really believe this. Number three, we must believe Hashem is the most powerful being. Hashem's hands are not small. Hashem can do whatever he wants. He's the most powerful being ever. And if you don't believe in Hashem's power, just go around, look at the stars. Look at the stars. Look at the creation of the world. And it's amazing because there are more atoms in a pinhead than stars in the sky. Trillions of atoms. I mean, it's hard to imagine. Hashem's power is not just in the big, it's in the small. It's in the nanotubes, nano. Tiny little things. We have a guy in the shul who works with nanotubes. Do you know, when you work with nanotubes, they're most very, very dangerous. You have to wear a mask, and you have to wear like a spacesuit, Because mm-hmm. these things are so small, if you smell them, if you breathe them in, you're like, you can kill the person. Mm. Amazing. Little particles of metal floating around. It's tiny, they're, they're so dangerous. It's amazing. Hashem's power is in the big and in the small. That's the greatest of God. It's not just... You know, that's what the it says, The the magicians of Egypt. When Moses made lice... They said, we're finished. We're beaten. He beat us. Hashem beat us. That's it. Etzba by We cannot replicate something so small. We can't replicate it. We can do big things. We can't do small things. They have control over big things. I don't know how they control big things, but they can imitate big things. But they couldn't make small things. They can make frogs. No problem. Water to blood. No problem. Lice. fix fixed. That's Hashem. There must be. There's no other way. <laughs> no one else has that power. It's amazing. So we see God's power in the macro and the micro. We can see God's power everywhere. The human body is such an amazing thing. It's childbirth. Hard to imagine. We're discussing in, in the morning in the Mishnah about we can call a midwife on Shabbat. You can break Shabbat for for birth, and uh, you can cut the cord, the umbilical cord. You can tie the umbilical cord, cut the. Umbilical. But the truth is, the umbilical cord is attached not to the mother. It's attached to the afterbirth, and the afterbirth is jettisoned by itself. It's like a parachute. It's amazing how Hashem made this mechanism that everything which is the baby needs is jettisoned with the baby. It's amazing, it's amazing, Hashem. Hashem is amazing. made all these systems. Everything has a system, everything, amazing. Oh. Number four, Hashkechah we Believe Hashem knows what's going on and oversees the conduct of every single person, every single human being. Nothing escapes Hashem. Nothing escapes Hashem. Very, very important. Nothing escapes Hashem. Nothing big, nothing small, Hashem does not weary, Hashem does not tire. Uh, Hashem is bigger than deep blue. What's it called? Big blue. IBM's computer. Yeah, how many how many steps ahead do they think? Forty steps ahead in the chess game, Hashem is millions of steps ahead of us. Millions of steps. Number five. A person's gotta believe that no one can hurt help or hurt them unless Hashem gives consent. So a person has a has a flat tire and uh, someone stops, Hashem sent that person. Allah. Hashem sent a messenger to help, and a person comes and does something bad to a person. Hashem sent that some person to do it bad. The question is, why did it be that person, not someone else? That's why you got to rebuke them. Who said you had to do it, right? That's what the Egyptians argued. Hashem said they'll be strangers in foreign land and they'll be afflicted. So we afflicted them. Hashem says, who said it was you that's going to afflict us? You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.